today is Friday, December the 1st, and you're listening to the mm-hmm. Grains Matter Chatter podcast presented by North Gore Grains. I'm your host, Dolores Foster. I'm joined today by my co-host, Mr. Jeffrey Guy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everybody. It is hard to believe it is already December 1st, Jeffrey. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> Jeff, we have a special guest here in the office with us today. Why don't you introduce him? Introduce him. Let's see, our extra special guests, as always... The one and only, put your hands together, people. The one and only, Paul Sullivan. Woohoo! Paul. Say hello, Paul. Oh, I, I'm just speechless with that introduction, so I have to step back and take a breath here. Well, we have to keep it interesting here, Paul. Oh, it never, never seems to be not. So, no, glad to be here again for uh, probably the final, uh, final stop of uh, the, the 2023 season. We'll still have more podcasts, just maybe not with Paul on this year. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Yes, so my final, the final, stop here. The final yes. wrap up here on our, yes. our uh, crop updates here throughout the fall. Uh, so, Paul, we uh, we got a lot of corn in here the last couple of weeks since you've been on last. What are you seeing out out in the countryside? Much left, lots to go. Yeah, there's still some pockets that are are uh, <clears throat> to come off and uh, it uh, it varies on the area certainly locally right around in this neck of the woods there's hardly anything left uh, very few fields that are left and haven't been for probably a couple of weeks right you guys have finished a week now your own operation or so we actually monday. only started or finished yeah on monday well, i call that week yeah. <laughs> it's a work week a work week it's, I'm not even worried about what's out there. I want to talk about yields. I want to talk about what happened in the corn crop this year. True. The, the important, the, the, the fascinating stuff. Look, looking, uh, looking at the positives of the crop, for sure. So what have, we, what have we seen for some yields? We, like we've seen lots of corn. Farmers talk about having strong yields. It's, uh, I think, for the most part, best corn ever kind of season. There you go. Best corn ever. Yeah. So I, what does that mean? Like 10 bushels above average? 50 bushels above average? Well, I would say we're probably running. It would be easy to say running, like let's throw a number like 20% above a long-term average this year is what we have. So if 20%, great number. So we go back to the farms.com yield tour. They were like just under 200 bushels or something for Eastern Ontario. They were... 297 or something like that 197 yeah so here where do you think we're where do you think eastern ontario will come in here this year then you i see you did bring the ontario uh corn trials some pretty phenomenal numbers in there yeah so farm yields uh, from what from what i have feedback with actual sort of elevator weights or scale weights right now i i've heard between you know, 205 and 220 is, and those are actual weights. So um, that would be in line with 20% above a 10-year average for the farms. And, uh, you know, with some are saying, you know, that they're, say, 10 bushels above last year, 15, 20 bushels above last year. So last year we were, say, 10% above of normal. So... Yeah, yeah, it's it's better. We've had three pretty good production years, Mother Nature. Yeah, last year was a great year, and this year is uh, 
fabulous, fantastic, year. phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, year. it's a P here, phenomenal for corn and soybeans, or for, yeah, just for corn. corn. Yeah, soybeans not so much. Soybeans we had a few blips. It was too wet for soybeans. Soybeans like it dry, um, <clears throat> and we had too big of canopies. Of course, we had white mold that hit and pulled back fields or parts of fields. So. Um, managed soybeans this year would be probably comparable to uh, last year's which were very 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 good but in other cases they they're off um, maybe 10% maybe 15% but last year was a was a very good year too so like average yield for soybean in the province last year was about 52 bushel I would say in eastern Ontario last year the average was more like 62 so we are above average on the province with soybeans again this year uh, <clears throat> and uh, the the thing that plagued, plagued us this year was too much moisture we didn't we didn't get drowned it out like with 17 inches of rain like some places in western Ontario in July but we still just, just it, it took some of the top end off. But I had anticipated we'd have 100 bushel soybean fields. We never did have that. And I think the weather in September kind of nixed that from happening. Plus some of the mold kind of held us back as well. Because the kernel, like the number of pods and kernels were there, they, they, they just didn't size up. So soybeans were still strong, not quite as record. Some people did have some really good soybeans. And oh, yeah. yeah. It didn't seem to be many people that were below average anyways on them. No, but, but corn. It seems like across the board, corn, like some guys that never saw five-ton corn in some fields, they saw five-ton this year. Definitely. Yeah. So one of the little things on corn, standability on corn, like it wasn't that many years ago that was a concern. Is that just gone by the wayside now? Do, do all the varieties stand great? Or is it, is it the genetics, or is it? Did we just have a great year for standability? Like nobody's talking about any problems in that. I hate to bring up something that's not a problem, but yeah, it's not a problem. So that's good. Um, and I think you know the genetics, uh, <clears throat> the traits in the corn. We don't have corn borer at all. Um, in that corn and I think uh, just overall management has approved so the lodging is a is an indication of stress mm -hmm. so when we get a year where there was few stresses and everything else we don't have the lodging so, so we so that's not a problem that's great so it, let's talk a little bit about some of the corn that's coming off like we're seeing corn here at the elevator 19, 20%, and then we're still getting some at 24% here. And those farmers, they like to complain, oh, my corn's still so wet, why am I even combining now? Like it's the, uh, it's seeing that variability, which isn't something we're probably used to seeing at this time of year in the elevator, after, like a month after the frost killed the plants and stuff. So, but that's the thing this year, we're a month after frost at the end of of uh, October and we are at the beginning of December right now yeah two two years ago or three years ago not two well, yeah two years ago last year 2022 October 4th was our frost the year before that we had uh, around the end of September so when you kill 
crop. It's kind of like you go in, you spray it, it's dead. It dries because of the husk, everything is dry and everything is sort of moves out of it with the weather we have. So the temperatures are warmer in those time periods. This year the corn kept growing, grew up the moisture in the kernel and it finally stopped growing either when it block layered or it frosted, which let's say it all made block layer. That was the end of October and November, the average temperatures in November are never as warm as October. Never, so then it takes longer to dry it takes down. takes longer to dry down, exactly. Yeah, so we might lose one to three points a day in September. One to three, yeah. No, one, points a one, week, or three yeah, points yeah, a week. Points a week, anyway, it's, it, it gradually reduces, reduces as we get cooler. And then um, it doesn't really change. Like any time corn's been left out in the past on those more troublesome years. Moisture doesn't drop in December, it doesn't drop in January, it doesn't drop in February. And then all of a sudden around the middle of March, so the farm show time, people will be combining and it has dropped. And I think it's, I, I'm not exactly what what happens, but it's had time and it's had kind of a freezing. Freeze dried. And then, so we just haven't had the conditions. I, I say as moisture as moisture's out of uh, drying, if you have a coat on, Corn isn't dry. If you don't have your core coat on, it will be drying some. So this year, let's say pretty much all of the corn got to black layer. Yep. Which means it pretty much, it. this is one year in, what, I don't know, when was the last time corn actually went to black layer here in eastern Ontario? A long time. Long time ago. It's not common. Not common at all. What was going on with? the test weight this year we didn't see off the chart test weight we most of it made grade two but you would think that it would have been way heavier because it actually went to complete maturity yeah i'm not that's a little little bit of a brain twister but we did see a lot of kernels per acre and when you have a lot of kernels that's a lot of places for the starch to go into so when you have all those kernels that get filled with starts, then you have um, more of what is there to fill. So we had a lot of kernels this year, and we had some heavy kernels when we did kernel weights. And the combination of the two, because we had more kernels, there was just more places to put the starch. So it's a... A matter of if you had so much water and you had 10 cups and you put that in the 10 cups versus having eight cups same water the levels would be would be higher. higher so we had more kernels because the the plants grew well yep uh, very good. start had a good start yep. of the year no stress they, in that the time to determine the kernel numbers which is before task and then when they did uh, when the tassels and the we had good germination, good pollination. germination, pollination, sorry, and not much tip back in the corn crop this year, it seems, nope. generally. So that's where those extra kernels, a little bit bigger cobs, more kernels filling out. So we got more kernels per cob or per plant per cob per acre. That's probably more yield in there somewhere in this I'm saying. And doesn't yield drive the profit, Jeffrey? I've heard some really smart person say that in the past. Hmm. 
Paul is smiling think, right Paul? now. So. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I more on the yield end of it than the, than the other end of it, like you guys are, and you are on both of it, but uh, yield was our profitable part of the equation, more profitable part of the equation this year, and which is good. And um, yield is influenced by weather, which we can't do anything about, genetics, and management. So the genetics that we have, got all kinds of information on genetics, and for the most part, <clears throat> the genetics that we have available to grow and pick to grow, you know, incredible. Uh, management varies by the individual, and so that's the uniqueness of what we end up with. And uh, the management of a crop, really again this year, even when we had Mother Nature provided some pretty good weather, uh, there's some varying results on the on the on the fields on the yields and the more managed them went into the crop it's kind of like really you know when you're a hockey player and you could be a you know a Sidney Crosby he's noted as the first guy to practice and the last guy to leave so even though he's naturally talented he still works at it spends more time than you'd say expect them to. And that's the sort of same thing with growing corn and beans and wheat. If you spend more time on managing, uh, there's probably an opportunity to end up with more yield. So when we talk about management, a lot of years, most years we end up talking some, sometimes about fungicide, whether it paid or not. Because yep. we've had varied results in the past year with fungicides on corn. Any test results on that this year? We weighed one next to the office uh, beginning of last week. It was 13 bushel advantage um, in, a, in a field. And uh, I've heard up to 25 bushel advantage locally. Western Ontario, where they've had disease, I've heard 40 to 50. 20 to 40 would be a common number where they have disease to shut the plant down so they reduce the infestation of the disease. <coughs> so uh, in a good field of corn this year uh you it, 10 bushels would give you you know say 75 dollars so let's say it seems <coughs> like in a pretty good growing season or in a good growing season it would just be a natural to spray fungicide is almost a no-brainer as we say that remember how many years ago was it it just kept everything green and uh Kept them from maturing, the crops from maturing as fast in the fall? I, I definitely heard some talk in the, in the shop or whatever you want to call it about the guys that put fungicide on and that their their moistures were slightly higher versus the guys that maybe didn't. So the corn that didn't get the fungicide dried down faster. Yeah, but. because it wasn't. The fungicide keeps it growing longer. Exactly. Than, so if something grows an extra five days and it's actually growing, that translates into extra yield. <clears throat> and we said something about yield, part of the uh, profitability of the crop. And <clears throat> But, it, you know, if we got 10 bushels this year, it's a two to one. It costs you $30 to put the fungicide on. You got $60 per acre. So that's a two to one investment. Sure. Not many things you get a two to one return on. So oh, pretty good return no. on investment. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know, certainly Western Ontario has tar spot as a problem. Someday we may, 
but uh, I, I kind of say we don't have to have tar spot to have an ROI on fungicides. Sounds like a plan to me. So, so generally here we have ex we have record yields of corn here in the east, and some areas are even stronger. You look at these um, Ontario hybrid, you know the CCA trials here, like just phenomenal numbers on them, and that, and some of them are definitely very local here. So, uh, great things to say about corn. It's a great way to end this. It's corn's all positive, big yields. Corn is, king, corn. So. corn is king. There's still corn out there. We didn't really talk much about it, but it's there's corn out there. Get her off. We're it, ready. It'll eventually come off. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. It'll eventually come off. Yes. Just like soybeans did. <laughs> That's so, right. <laughs> just like soybeans did. So well, any one last word of wisdom for about corn or about well, I think it would be remiss not to mention about the OCC trial at Kenburn at Panmir Farms and that average 304 bushel per acre, which you said, how many ton per acre is that? 7.8 or something. Seven, yeah, whatever. 7.2, I think it was. Yeah. Or so 7.8. 7 and some varieties, yeah, 7 .6, some varieties in that <laughs> trial yielded 330 bushels per acre. That's something to uh, strive after, anyways. It so has some good hog manure on that field or something. That is, hasn't saw hog manure in about 30 years. Wow. But a good rotation, uh, you know, everything went together really well in that particular field. It's grown vegetables. Last year it was wheat, and everything went went well. Uh, Kempville uh, crew uh, put it in, and... and it just came up, never looked back, and... Just phenomenal. 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 Yeah, that's, that is all we can say. It's, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's a P year. Well... We might have to get Bruce in here on here. That's right. That that will be our next, our next stop. <laughs> Bruce or Lee. <laughs> well, Paul, thank you for joining us once again here this fall to give us an update on what's going on here in Eastern Ontario. It's always a pleasure having you on. I think that's all we got. Yes. Thanks again, Paul. Okay. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. Bye. All right, Jeffrey, let's just do a little market update here to end our podcast. Yeah, the markets were pretty quiet this week. Uh, for the week, uh, corn has continued its weekly bleed. It's down another dollar this week. Uh, soybeans down a couple dollars. Actually, wheat, of all things, wheat was the market leader this week. Uh, spring wheat was up just a dollar or two, but winter wheat was up like $9. We haven't seen that in a really, really long time. Yeah, and so this on Monday of this past week here, corn hit a new harvest low, harvest low, a, a low for the year. It hit it a couple more times this week before rebounding at the end of the week. But all three wheats in the U.S., hard red winter on Kansas City, Soft red on Chicago and uh, hard red spring on the mini exchange. All three wheats hit new lows, yearly lows on Monday. Doom and gloom in the wheat market, doom and gloom. And lo and behold, somehow they turned higher as the week went on. Uh, with the winter wheats being up and uh, no real reason. You know, some analysts will try to find your reason. I think their only real reason was maybe since they hit a low, they were due for a little rebound. <laughs> You know, like that's that's not much of a reason, but that's about the best one I could come up with. So, so it's the corn kept the bleed, soybeans 
just unable to take off on anything. And uh, wheat was up, but no real reason. Uh, we look at the outside markets just to quickly. Our dollar strengthened as the week went on, ended a lot stronger. The U.S. dollar got weaker here the last couple of days. And uh, we're at some some recent highs in our dollar, just over 74 cents. So that's could that's, put some pressure on bases next week. Like that's a, that's a negative for our local prices. And uh, oil prices were in the news this week. OPEC Plus had a meeting yesterday. They made a kind of a informal agreement that they didn't really put a press release out on. And they said they're going to cut production, but nobody says how they're going to do it or who's going to do it. So oil prices had jumped up earlier in the week when they were announcing they were going to have their meeting and stuff. And then they pulled back when after their meeting was over, oil prices pulled back. So I don't think we have a lot of worry about oil going up too much. So not a lot in the markets this week. And let's, uh, we'll recamp next week here and see what's going on. And hopefully we can get uh, something positive happening for those, for our major markets next week. Would be nice. Just, you know, a nice little Christmas rally. That would be nice. And so we need to talk quickly about the local harvest. Uh, Soybeans, we said last week are done. They're done. They're done. Actually, they're not completely done. We do have a couple customers coming. But we are planning this coming week to clean out our dryer. So if you do have beans that need to come in, that need to be dried, please give us a call sooner rather than later. Yep. And... uh, so that's corn. We're full steam ahead on corn. We're bagging corn. Dryer runs every day, receiving corn every day. Open on the weekend here, Dolores? We'll be open uh, this weekend, uh, 7 to 5, unless we have some pretty major weather events. Um, we might be closed Sunday, but for sure Saturday, open 7 to 5. So, um, yeah, if you have any questions about that, I guess just give us a call. Yep, sounds great. And let's... Uh, Carry on, and everybody uh, hopefully enjoyed having listened to Paul Sullivan again this week. And if you have any requests for future podcasts, any ideas, give us a call and tell us. So, thanks for tuning in, and uh, hope everyone uh, has a great weekend. Well, oh, yeah. happy December first! It's Christmas time soon, people. It's December. It is. It sure is. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye for now.